Freedom. Freedom is a gift that's been bestowed upon us, and it's our subject matter for today. We're going to talk about the kind of freedom that some of you have never even really considered. In America, we tend to take things like freedom for granted. So we're going to talk about freedom today, but we're going to hopefully clarify some things about freedom as well. Moms, I'm so glad that you're here. I praise God uh, for you. What you do is the most influential work in the world. And you influence your children um, prayerfully for Christ's sake. So I'm grateful that you're here. Um, Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this opportunity to be able to open your word hear your scriptures, ask your spirit to empower the new life that you've given us. And so, Father, I do pray that in Jesus' name there would be a sense of waiting and awe, that there would be a sense of explosive desire to pursue you, that you would start, cause, fuel, a revival in our hearts, a desire for you. Lord, I pray that just being a good person or just being a nice guy or just being in this building at a particular hour on Sunday would not satisfy us in our relationship with you. I pray that we would long for more. I pray that we would find that today and that you would be glorified. Help us to hear the words that you would have to say to us. For we do pray in Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. I don't know if we have a category in our minds for what we're going to talk about today. I don't know if what we're going to talk about today is even going to sink in your heart. I've been wrestling with this scripture and wrestling with this sermon. And I'm not sure that we even have a category. Now, first thing that we need to do is we need to understand that when in the New Testament... The, the culture is utterly different than the culture that you and I are experiencing right now here in America. Totally different. In our culture today, the highest value is like personal autonomy. That's like the highest value, right? You know, we say, we even have vocabulary for it. We say things like, don't judge me. Um, I'll do what I want to do. You know, it's my life. Right. We have even vocabulary because personal autonomy is the highest value in our Western American culture. Now, here's the deal. That was not the culture that the Bible was written in. That was not the culture that. So when you see you in the Bible, many times it's speaking to groups of people. It's not speaking to the individual. It's speaking. If, if you want to see this, you could see it really deeply in um, the Sermon on the Mount. You know where Jesus says, you know, uh, blessed are you if you blah, 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 blah. Well, he's talking to communities. The rewards are for communities. The, 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 the admonitions and the commands and the directives are for communities. That changes everything. Today we're going to be talking about freedom within the midst of our community and what that looks like. But before we talk about that, I want to 
see if I can hopefully open our minds to understanding and receiving what we have to say by sharing with you a very uh, a true story. Uh, there was a, a man by the name of John E-A-L-Y, Ailey. That's the way I pronounce it. Uh, it could be Ely or Ailey. John Ely, at 17 years old, murdered 33-year-old Christine Parker. He didn't stop there. He also murdered her two daughters. They were 12 and 15, molested and murdered her three-year-old son. Horrific. He was caught, tried, and convicted. And by 1984, he was sentenced to life without parole uh, in jail. Stood in jail. And in two years later, the decision to, to have him uh, incarcerated was reversed on a technicality. Not because he was innocent, but because there was a technicality. He was freed. And six months ago, he murdered Mary Hitchinson, who was a manager at Burger King. Now, why am I telling you this story, right? And what does this have to do with Mother's Day? And couldn't I pick a happier thing to say? (laughs) Good night. It's like Mom's Day. Like, you know, let's talk about mothers. Here's why I'm telling you this. The tragedy is not that John Ely got released from prison. The problem is not that the technicality was the thing that got him free. The problem was, is what he used his freedom for. Now, listen to me. Listen to me. This is a big deal. You and I both know that we are bestowed freedom, but the freedom that we're given is not bestowed upon us so that we can do whatever we want. The freedom that we're given is bestowed upon us so that we can do what we ought. Now, moms, tune in, because I think, you'll, I think you'll appreciate this. You give your children freedom, right? You say, um, go outside, and, if they should, and they don't. They, if they should ever come back to you and say, or uh, if they should say, mom, what should I do? I don't know. Just go out. Have a good time. You know, play, you know, play with your kid friends and all that other stuff. But if they started in playing, they started to take bricks and throw them into car windows, you would punish them, and they... And if they came back to you and say, but wait, 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 wait. You gave me the freedom to choose what I wanted to. You gave me the freedom. You would say, no, 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 no. I did not give you the freedom to do what you want. I gave you the freedom to do what you ought. We know this intuitively. So today we're going to speak about the freedom that God gives, but it's a freedom not to do what you want. It's a freedom to do what you ought. Now, if you're here for the first time, okay, now watch this. This is Mother's Day, so here's what happens. Moms go, you know, hey, Mom, what do you want for um, uh, a Mother's Day gift? And moms go like this. I would love it if you came to church with me. And so you might be here, and, you know, Mom said, you know, hey, I'd love to. Or you, maybe you come to church and you say, Mom, you know, hey, uh, what do you want to do? Hey, Mom, can I take you to church? Right. So Mom's Day is like Easter time. Like, right. It's like the second Easter on because it's where you get everybody in the family to get to come to church and do all that stuff. 
So I understand that if you're here and you're not used to Christianity and you're not used to this, when I start talking about freedom and Christianity, you think that those are polar opposites. In fact, your view of Christianity, cool, I understand it, it's the, it's the view I grew up with, is that Christianity is not freedom, Christianity is bondage. That to be a Christian, you know, oh man, I'd love to be a Christian if I could just do what I wanted to do. I'd love to be a Christian if I could just have that, do that, be with. See, Christianity is antithetical to freedom. And so when I say freedom and I start this conversation off with freedom, you go, you can't use those two words in the same sentence. Christianity is not freedom. Christianity is bondage. But listen to me. That's because your idea, your thought, your perception of freedom is to do what you want. But I'm telling you that there's a freedom that looks like freedom that leads to unfreedom. And there's a freedom that looks like bondage that leads to freedom. You know this intuitively. Here, let me give you some examples of freedom that look like freedom, but really lead to unfreedom. 16-year-old hanging out with his friends. His friends come up to him, put out, what was it, Marlboro, right? I don't know what they have now, right? Cigarettes, right? Newports, Marlboro, I don't know. Some, whatever you smoked just before you walked into the store, right? I don't know. So pick your cigarettes. <laughs> we laugh because I, okay. So, so, uh, and that's like 90%. As, all right, that's another sermon altogether. But here's the deal. Now, that child knows exactly what mom would say about that. And that child would know exactly what dad would say about that. But that child says, I'm not going to be hampered. I'm not going to be held down. I'm not going to be constricted. I'm my own man. I'm grown up now. I'm 16 years old. I'm free. And so they take the cigarette. Thank you very much. They light it up. And at 36, they wish they could put it down. But they're not free to put it down. See, it was a freedom that looked like freedom, but led to unfreedom. It's, uh, uh, you see this when, um, you, okay, uh, I have to look at my notes because I have a bunch of examples and I'm trying not to offend everybody, but um, <laughs> I want to be liked, I do. Um, so I'll try this one. You're at, uh, you're, it's, it's nighttime, and you know, you get, a, you get a, a hunger, a craving, and you go to the refrigerator and you take something sweet or something that's not necessarily good for you, right? And so you go and you, and, and you go, and then someone stops you and says, don't do that, it's not healthy, and you whip back and you say, no, I'm free! Free to do what I want to, free to eat when I want to, whatever I want to, whenever I want to, because I want to. I'm free. And you do that for a couple of years. 
And then you go to the doctor and he says, oh, you know, this, this, this cholesterol, your cholesterol, your, um, you're in real trouble here. See, you had a freedom that looked like a freedom that led to unfreedom. Now, conversely, I'm not going to go any further in this, all right? Because I got stuff about anger and rage. I got stuff here about sex. And you guys don't want to hear nothing about that. You just want to have your lunch with your moms. I understand. But listen to me. I'm going to do one more. Because it's like, so you have sex with whoever, right? Right? And you go, you know what? I'm going to... I'm going to just, you know what, I'm just going to give myself to whomever comes by. I don't need to wait for Mr. Wright. I'll wait for Mr. Wright now. Or not Mrs. Wright, and I'll just take Mrs. Wright now. And what you do, it's, it's the club, and it's dark, and it's the second, le- you know, the second, uh, whatever, the, the, the balcony. And so you go up there, and it's the time of your life, and you have a wonderful time. And then five years later, the doctor says, okay, here's the kind of medication you're going to have to take for the rest of your life because of that of fabulous fun. See, you had a, a freedom that looked like freedom but led to unfreedom. You know, you're at a party and, you, and they offer you just a beer. And then you're at your fourth detox and you're wondering what went wrong and you're seeing that there was a freedom that looked like freedom but led to unfreedom. Conversely, the same thing, you could say the same thing on the other side. There are things that look like bondage that really produce and feel like bondage, but really produce freedom. It's as simple as this. Um, Everybody's uh, on their couch in your house, and they're clicking on the TV, and you're tired. You just came home. But you know what you're going to do? You're going to make an investment in health, so you know what you're going to do? You're going to go to the gym. And everybody else like, like, you know, so you go, hey, guys, you want to come in? What? And miss CSI? Not me. Not doing it. And so they're hanging out and they're, they're eating their chips and they're chilling out. And, it's, and it looks like bondage. You're like, you know, gosh, you know, golly, you know, um, I got to work out and do all this stuff and got to run on the treadmill and all this painful stuff that I got to do, right? And there's like no difference between you and the people who are saying no, right? Because that doesn't, that doesn't happen in a day, right? You don't get healthy in a day. But as years go by, they can't walk out up a flight of stairs without, you know, having to press their asthma pump. And, and you are, have great liberty to enjoy your day and to enjoy life with a fuller, healthier body. See, it was a freedom that looked like bondage, but really was free. It's, it's when you go through the hard work. Everybody else is pressing the eject button on their marriage. Everybody else is just going, you know what? I, you know what? God just wants me to be happy. God just wants me to be happy. And so you, you press the eject button and, and you break out and you go, that's it. I don't want that anymore. And you go, no, I'm not going to do that. And your friends who pressed the eject button on their marriages are having a bang up, shoot em up, fantastic time. They're like catching up on the stuff that they lost and they, you know, they're doing all that stuff. Listen to me. I know this from experience. I've got tons of friends who when I was going through my nightmare time in my marriage and they were going through their nightmare time, a bunch of them pressed the eject button. A bunch of them. And I... And I look at their families and I look at the thing and I'm just, 
you know what? It didn't look like fun then. It didn't look like, but it's freedom now. See, intuitively, you, we all know that there's a freedom that looks like freedom that leads to unfreedom. Likewise, that there's a freedom that looks like bondage that leads to real freedom. The Bible is going to talk about a freedom that looks like bondage that leads to real freedom. So I don't want you to fool yourself. I don't want you to think that freedom means free to do whatever you want. Freedom can't mean that. Because if freedom meant that, then that means, listen, imagine, listen, even if you don't want this talk for yourself, you want it for the person that you marry. You want them to listen to what I'm saying. You want to be free to do whatever you want. You don't want your spouse to say that. You don't want your spouse. Trust me. You don't want your spouse to say that. Right? You want to be free to do whatever you want. You don't want your kids to do that. That's not the role in your life. If you just thought about it for a minute, all you want that is for you. Now the problem is, is so does everybody else in this room. And sometimes when they do what they want, it inhibits to do what you want. There's, there's a person who last night got into a car and he was free to drive his car while he was drunk. And maybe there's a mom who cannot say, thank you for those gifts on this Mother's Day. Because he was free to do whatever he wanted. You and I both know that when God gives us freedom, that when you and I have freedom on this world without God, forget God, when you and I have freedom, it's not freedom to do whatever you want. It's freedom to do what you ought. And it's to that freedom we're going to speak today. If you open your Bibles to 1 Corinthians, um, if you open up your Bibles to the book of Galatians, chapter 5, you're going to see a verse called uh, 13. Now, we're not going to get there. Now, listen to me. Um, I want you to really Pay attention. Because I'm not just talking. Listen to me. This, doesn't, this sermon does not have consequences just about your life. This sermon will tell us the direction of this community of believers. This church. Our how. Listen to me. Our how. I'm talking to you. The, the joy that you get coming to our house and enjoying each other and celebrating Jesus will all be caught up if we'll do this one thing. Let me tell you something. If we did this one thing that we're going to talk about today, a lot of you would have never left church years ago. And I know, I know that there's a bunch of you who went to church, you were teenagers, your parents forced you to go to church, you went to church, kind of did that church thing, and then as soon as, because they did not practice what we're about to, and to you, I just, listen, I would just say, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry that you had to experience that. But listen to me. Listen to me. Our how? We don't have to be this church. We can be the church that in, where we experience the true freedom that God has for us. Now, I'm going to tell you the kind of freedom that we have. Now, before I do, let me tell you who wrote this letter. Okay, so there's a guy by the name of Paul. Who's Paul? Paul's an apostle. Apostle Paul saw Jesus, got converted um, to Jesus. He was a hater of God. So he, he writes this letter the, to the Galatians. This letter that he writes to the Galatians is unbelievably theological and very, very dense, but full of good stuff 
for us to take in. But it's written to a church, not to an individual. So if you just hear this talk about you, 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 then what's going to happen is that you're going to miss the big idea of this passage. And so um, we have a tradition here in this church that we stand when we read God's word. So would you stand with me? And the reason that we stand is because we're totally enamored in reverence of, in awe of God. We love Jesus. Jesus rules. He reigns. He's awesome. And when we hear his words, we're like, let's, we're going to stand on that one. So I'll read it to you. Uh, everybody, I want you to read verse 13 with me, okay? Verse, it's in your bulletins. If not, it'll be on the screen. But I want you on the count of three. Um, if it's not in your bulletin, no? Okay, it will be on the screen. My bad, my bad. It'll be on the screen. Okay, so here it is. Chap- uh, verse 13, chapter 5, verse 13. Let's read it together. Verse 13. You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge in the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly. Pause. For the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. If you bite and devour each other, watch out or you will be destroyed by each other. May God bless the reading of his word. Please be seated. Paul writes this letter and he says, guys, you've been set free. But don't use your freedom to throw bricks into car windows. Don't use your freedom to hurt your relationship that you'll have with your husband, but you go, I'm not married. That's my point. You will be one day. Don't use your freedom to hurt that guy. Don't use the freedom that you have. Listen, oh, but I can't let him talk to me like that. I can't let her talk to me like that. Don't use your freedom to wound. Don't you see? That freedom looks like freedom, but is really unfreedom. I don't want that for you. Okay, so let's look at this really carefully. You, my brothers and sisters... We're called, listen, listen, here's what the Bible says, to call, and I'm going to look at my notes here because it's a, it's a great definition. The word called here in this passage is to urgently invite someone to accept responsibilities for a particular task, implying a new relationship to the one who does the calling. You've been called. So if, you, if, you're, not, if you're not sure exactly what I just said right there, it looks an awful lot like this. When... A a guy has been dating his girl for a while, and he's like really excited about her, and he says, I want to spend the rest of my life. What he does is he he purchases a a piece of jewelry, and maybe he takes her to a restaurant, and and he, he gets on one knee, and he holds this box with this jewelry in it, and he turns to her, and he says, would you be called? See, here's what he says. He says, will you marry me? What is he doing? He's calling her into a different type of relationship for the future. It's a, it's a plea. It's a call. You can. 
You cannot. You, I mean, you can or you may not. You know, you may, you may not. You, you might go in that direction. You might say, yes, I will take your hand in marriage. You might say no. But either way, that man is asking for a change in the relationship. It's, I know how we used to relate before. I know how we used to interact before. It's not that way now. There's a different kind of, what I'm asking to, listen, I know that you have the, uh, the ability, the opportunity to date whoever you want, whenever you want, whoever you want, whenever you want. I, I'm, I'm asking for something different. I'm asking for something exclusive. And intuitively, all the women understand, oh, you mean you want to be mine and you want me to be yours? That's exactly, yeah, I'm calling you. That's what the Bible is talking about. Listen to me. That's what the Bible is talking about here. Saying that God has called you. I know the relationship that we used to have. You kind of look up to me, nod to me every now and again. When you're in real deep trouble, your prayers go deep. I get that. But I'm asking you to go into another kind of relationship. I'm asking you to go into a Christ, not a you-centered, not a me-centered, not a my-desire-centered, but in a Christ-centered way. Yeah, yeah, but you know what? I don't, I don't like the way, you know, this is, and I don't like the, this about the Bible, and I don't like this about the church. Yeah, 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 because it's not about you, baby. It's not about you. It's about a Christ-centered. I'm calling you. Christ doesn't bend the knee and show jewelry. He has metal shoot through his hands and feet, opens his arms wide, bleeds all over the place, and says, hey, would you like... Would you like love that sacrifices like this? Would you like to be freed from sin? Would you like to be free? Listen, would you like to be free? And if you do, then it changes things. Then you can't relate to me the way you've always related to me. Give me a nod, you know, like just before you go to sleep. Go, God, you know, I love you, you know, and I hope you, Amy makes it to... Like, it changes things. It means, it means that Sundays, it means that Sundays, your devotion to learn about God and hear God's word and connect with God's people for the, listen, to hear the word of God, for the, to do the will of God as we do it in the power of God for the glory of God. It's all about Him. It's all about Him. We're like totally freaked out over Jesus. Like the way some people are about Tim Tebow, that's the way we feel about Jesus, right? The way you might be about your favorite restaurant, we're like crazier than that for Jesus. And Jesus, Jesus calls us into a different. So here, now hear that, that first sentence again. You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free. Now, come in. Because free, for some of you, means different things. Some of you, now listen to me, listen, because this is really good, what I'm about to tell you. There's two types of freedom, or there's two types of bondage that Paul wants us to avoid, that the Holy Spirit wants us to get across. And here it is. One is if your life was spent sinning and doing your deal and, and, having, and doing whatever you thought was fun but actually hurt you. If your life was spent disobeying God, running from God, stiff-arming God. If that was your life, then Jesus says, 
you're free from that. You had no power to say no over that. You couldn't say no over that. It's, you're free from that. You don't have to listen. You go, oh, but I feel compelled. I can't say no. Not if you're a Christian. That's not true. That's not true. The Holy Spirit lives in you and will free you. Oh, but I keep on going back to her. I keep on going back to him. Listen to me. You're free not to go back to him. How do I do it? God will give you the strength. But I really want to. It's okay. The Holy Spirit will do it in you. Yeah, but I can't stop running back to those people, those places, those things, those habits that hurt me and wound me. Jesus will help you. And he helps you in so many different levels. Listen to me. We have a church. I was just just marveling when I sat sat down in my chair because I walked through the back and I go, oh my goodness, a heroin addict who's been transformed by the power of Jesus. And then another uh, uh, person who made drugs his entire life. And he opened the door. And then I walked downstairs and saw, I could tell you, like everybody who greeted you, just unbelievable freedom because they've been freed from their sin. Unbelievable. There was a a person who greeted me on on the stairs who would have stabbed me before he shook my hand at one point in his life. I mean, like, like, his story is almost unbelievable. Fierce. Fiercely sinful. And said, no, 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 pastor. How are you? How you doing, man? How's it? I was like, wow, I'm glad that he doesn't have a knife. <laughs> but watch this. That was funny. I just want to make sure that you're, you're with me. Okay, listen. Listen to me. Listen to me. I'm so glad that Jesus came into his life. I'm so glad that Jesus transformed him. See, there's a freedom. Paul is talking about two times. There's a freedom that frees you from sin. But then there's another freedom, and it's this. Some of you grew up in the church. And you were good little boys and good little girls. And you went, not because you wanted to, but because you were forced to. And I get that now, you know. And, uh, and so, listen to me. The freedom that it talks about, you were called to be free, is the freedom from religion. The freedom from jumping through hoops. The freedom from trying to be good enough. The freedom from having to be the person you think that God wants you to be. And just going, you know, God, I can't do it. I, can, I, I got to be free from that. It's freedom. It's freedom. Freedom from having to go back to your sin. And freedom to having to try to pursue God in a way that he never intended you to pursue him. He intended you to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Empowered. Loved. Strengthened. To be free. Freedom from sin, freedom from religion. It's amazing. You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free. And we can almost leave on that. Except Paul kind of takes a step back at this part of the verse as if to say, now I know that once I just told them to be free, they'll start throwing bricks through car windows. I know that they'll take free to mean whatever free means to them. Free to yell at your husband, free to disrespect your wife, free to come in late at your job, free to, yeah, free to do whatever you want, because freedom means doing what I want, not what I ought. Listen to me. Paul takes a step back, and he has to qualify, because people are people no matter where you go. And 2,000 years ago, they thought like this, and right now, they think like this. I love the Bible. It's like, it's like more current than tomorrow's newspaper. It's awesome. You should read your Bible. This is awesome. We just looked at one verse. We haven't even finished one verse, half of one verse. But, now, when you see 
a but or a however or a, you know, if you see, that's a, that's a study tool that I want you to go, he's going to go, wait, there's a contrast here. There's a contrast that he's making. But, however, do not use your freedom to indulge in the flesh. Listen, there's a freedom that looks like freedom that leads to unfreedom. It's like this. So you, you, we go and we see these beautiful, oh my gosh, this is like a gangster rapper's necklace. This is beautiful, right? And so we go and we just, right, we, 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 we look at it and it's like, oh, this is beautiful. Isn't this marvelous? And what we do is we put it on. And it looks like freedom. Yelling at your wife to get her to shut up because you just don't want to hear her stuff anymore, right? And so it looks like freedom. But what it winds up being is bondage because now she doesn't want to talk to you and the relationship is going south. But you know who does want to talk to her? The guy at her job. So you thought it was free, but it's bondage. It's, it's bondage. Because you're not free to do what you want. You're free to do what you ought. And so you're stuck. Don't use your freedom to indulge in the flesh. You tell your boss, that's it, I'm not taking this anymore. And you need to hear, you know, I'm going to give you a piece of my mind. And he hears every bit of your mind. And you get to rehearse the speech on the unemployment line. And then you go, God, God, where's the money that we need for our rent and the money that we need for our bills and all that other stuff? And go, God, I provided it for you. I wish you to shut your mouth. Because he was, it's free, but not to indulge in the flesh. Listen, in this church, in this church, can you think of one person who annoys you? Now, here's the deal. Here's the deal. Here's the deal. While you're thinking of them, they're thinking of you. Yeah, yeah. See, here's the deal. Here's the deal. You're annoying to somebody. And that's why Paul tells us, I don't want you to... It breaks my heart, man. And I'll be real serious with you. It breaks my heart. When in this church... I don't, I don't know, for some reason, it doesn't break my heart so much in other churches. And I love the church. Like, I love the capital C church, global, and I'm emotional about it, and I'm giving my life to her. I, I love the church. breaks my heart, man. When people who were prayed over for years who sinned and went outside of God's will, or who were religious and stayed in the church but were just as difficult to deal with, can't be patient with somebody for 30 minutes because it's too inconvenient. When that happens here, I go, you're free. But you were never meant to use... You were never meant to use your freedom that way. You're free to... 
How long do I have to love him, Pastor? How long do I have to love her, Pastor? Listen to me. Listen to me. When Jesus gets tired of loving you, you can stop loving them. When Jesus gets tired of pursuing you, you can stop pursuing them. When Jesus gets amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. And you don't have 20 minutes worth of patience that in this church there's not unbelievable that when, we're, when service is being asked for, when a single mom needs her, her uh, 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 you know, is moving from one place to another, there's not 50 guys lining up for that? That when that when a, a single dad needs help and, a, and, and, you know, when he's trying to take care of his kids and there's not a bunch of people lined up to help him with that, when a, a, a young couple needs to just get away for a few hours, there's not a ton of the families here waiting to serve and to love with great joy here, here. When do I have to stop serving when you, when God... Stops serving you. Now, I want you to take a second, and I want you to point to the person that this sermon is for. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Point to the person this sermon's for. Right. It's not the person sitting next to you. It's not the person, right, it's not the person on, uh, down the block. It's not the person that you invited that you wish were here because they really need to hear this because they're not the easiest church member to deal with. Point to the person. Everybody, in one, in one felt swoop, point to the person that this sermon is for. Serve one another in love, for the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command. Now listen, remember what we said the, um, last, and we said a bunch of stuff, like, but remember when I, I keep on telling you this, the word for is an explanation of just what happened. Whenever you see the word for or therefore, you always ask, what's the therefore, therefore, or what's the for, therefore, right? Okay, for, here's the explanation of that last I'm sorry, I've I got to finish, actually, um, i got to finish verse 13. But do not use the freedom to indulge in the flesh. Rather, here's, all right, so watch this. Here's an option. Use your freedom to indulge in the flesh. That's not what I meant by freedom. Here's another option. Serve one another humbly in love. Oh, man. You're kidding. Even those people I don't like? Even the people who I, I, I sit on the right side of the room because they sit on the left. <laughs> listen to me, listen to me. Come, 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 come. This is, a, listen, listen to me. This is for us. The world does not need another church that can't wait to get away from each other. The world doesn't need that. The world doesn't need another band of hypocrites. The world does not need a group of religious, zealous, mean-spirited snakes. And if you can't love one another, 
What hope is there for the world to see the love of Christ? And I don't know about you, but you're going to have to spend, the, you, you think it's uncomfortable now for an hour on Sunday? You're going to have to spend all of eternity with each other. You better start liking each other now. Listen to me. Serve one another. Serve one another humbly and in love. Let's say that together. Serve one another humbly and in love. Do you remember the person that you were just annoyed with that you thought about right now in your head? That's the person that I want you to serve humbly in love. I'm no good at this. I preach about this better than I am. I'm no good at this. My daughter, she was doing piano practice and she was... um, uh, my, my daughter, my kids practice piano and my daughter was practicing and she was in this place where she was like real difficult for her to get to and she, uh, so it was, she was reading the notes and it just didn't sound right and she wanted me to, to sit next to her and I just, I'm just a busy guy and you know that's just, come on, I gave that lesson already, I already taught you how to read the notes and I did all that other stuff so I, I came over and I sat next to her because I'm supposed to and I sat next to her, and I said, okay, uh, here's what you do. Um, you see this? Okay. Bum, bum, dun, 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 bum. That's how you do it. Go ahead, do it. No, 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 no. Don't you hear it? Bum, bum, dun, 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 And then she does it, and it's done good. And I said, okay, okay, listen. Do not do it. You did that same way twice. Do it again. I could see the tears welling up in her eyes. And then I said, and then she said, I'm not, I'm not getting it with an attitude. And I said, you know, I don't have to help you. She said, okay. <laughs> now, it's funny here. It's funny here. But do that for seven more years. And who's giving her the help? Anybody know? It ain't me. Who's offering her help? probably in a lot more loving way than me, somebody who doesn't have her good intentions. It changed me. Like when she said that, it actually, like, it was like a, you know how like when the Holy Spirit just throws a, like a, like a, just an arrow right through your heart. It was like, see, because I served, but it wasn't humbly. It wasn't in love. Husbands, listen, it's Mom's Day. Listen to me, guys. Guys, listen to me. Listen, listen. There's a service that looks like service. And if you write it down, everybody would agree service is really an offense. Listen. Husbands, serve humbly, immersed in, consumed by love. Because you're free to do not what you want, but what you ought. Church members, listen to me. I want us not to be a preaching gathering. 
I want us to be the church. Our how has the potential to be a kind of church that this world has never seen before. A bunch of broken people. Be like a, like a, like a mosaic. You know, you know what a mosaic is, right? It's these broken glasses that come together to make this beautiful image. You see the mosaics upstairs in the video. We have the opportunity to be this mosaic of Christ. This beautiful trophy of God where our brokenness finds others' brokenness and God makes a beautiful image of it. But listen to me, it won't be it won't be done business as usual. Because we're called, God has called us into a different relationship. And we're called to be free. But that freedom doesn't look like indulgence in your flesh. The freedom looks like serving humbly in love. Because listen to me, you were not called to do what you want. You are free to do as you ought. Love your neighbor as yourself. Verse 15, if you bite and devour each other, watch out or you will be destroyed by each other. Listen to me, listen to me. Listen to me. If you bite and devour each other, it doesn't say if you bite and devour each other, you'll destroy each other. Listen to what it says. If you bite and devour each other, watch out. Or you, not them, you will be destroyed. It's in your best interest to love lavishly, to serve Humbly. It's in your best interest. Don't you see? Don't you see? Like, listen. Who wants to come home to, like, a cantankerous, aggressive, feisty home? Like, who wants to come home to that? I remember when I was having a problem, and I'm telling you, my wife's my best friend. I love my wife. My wife is far better to me than I deserve. Far. But listen to me. When it wasn't like that, I would work like 103 hours a week. I went to sleep on the Williamsburg Bridge three times. I know why the walls are shaped the way they are because I went to sleep on the Williamsburg Bridge and it's so that you don't smack into the wall and create a big mess, but that you just kind of go over and glide back down. You know why? Because nobody, listen, nobody likes to do that at home and you got to go home. Who wants to do that at church? You don't got to come here. There's a million places you can go to. You, you could, man, it's hot enough. You know, you could start going to the beach and all that other stuff. So why would you come here? Let me tell you why. Because there, is, there are humble servants in love that can't wait to serve, who want to outdo one another in love and want to outdo another in, 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 in humility and want to outdo one another in service. There is a place that you can come to, that not, not because of the address, not because of the bricks, but because when this group of mosaic, when this group of people, when these Christ followers come together, there is a spirit of unity and love and humble service that you can't find anywhere else. That's what I want us to be. So, um, we're almost done. And if you've been here for a while, you know that means... Absolutely nothing. 
Hopefully. It'll mean something. You're free. You're free to love. You're free to love. Here, let me lay hands on you. Listen. You're free. You're free. You're free. You're not in bondage anymore to your bitterness. You're not in bondage anymore to your regret. You're not in bondage anymore to your pain and your suffering. Listen, you're not in bondage to your past anymore. Listen, you're free. You're free. Free to love. Free to love. So here's what this will look like this week for us. And I pray that it become our DNA, our lifestyle. And I hope you got this, because I didn't say this. Okay, I hope you understand. This is a big deal. What I'm about to say is really, really big. Everybody say, really, really big. Okay, good. Okay, now watch this. This message was for Christ followers. This message was not for, for people who don't know Jesus. And what I mean by that is people who, are, who have been proposed to by Jesus and live absolutely in love with him and can't wait. Listen, if that's not you, it could be you. I'm not talking about, listen, if you've come to church your whole life, you could not be a Christ follower. It's possible. You could be a good American citizen and not be a Christ follower. You could be the nicest person in this room and not be a Christ follower. I'm not talking to nice people. I'm not talking to Americans. I'm not talking to churchgoers. I'm talking this whole time to Christians, Christ followers. If you don't know Jesus, you can today, right now. Don't wait till I stop talking. Go, Jesus, forgive me of my sin. There's been much of that. Forgive me. And take control of my life and my body. You can do that right now. Don't wait. You don't need permission. You don't need to wait. Do that now. But for those of you who are in Christ and want to live this kind of unity, this freedom, this this joy in the Holy Spirit, Here's what it will look like today. This is what I want you to do. To this week, I want you to remember these three words. Free to love. Free to love. Now watch. For this week, who, uh, now whether you're on Facebook or Twitter or, what's the other one? Foursquare, right? That's the one we were talking about. Nobody knows what Foursquare is for. My son explains to me, I still don't believe it's that stupid. Um, uh, Google Plus, I don't know. Whatever you're on, whatever network you're on, here's what I want you to do. If you want to do this message, what I want you to do is I want you to start. And um, by the way, we have a, a Facebook page, uh, Recovery House of Worship, right? Our How Brooklyn, that's how it is. It's Our How Brooklyn. It shows how much on Facebook I am, right? Um, we're in Our How Brooklyn. Now watch this. This week, because you want to apply this message. And what is it that you're going to apply? That we are free to do what we, not to do what we want, but to do what we ought. And what is that freedom for? You're free to love. And what does that love look like? It looks like humble service. Okay. So, this week, you're going to, you're going to write this. And you can write it on your page and connect it. I don't know how you do that. Somebody explain how you do the connecting thing. Okay? You get somebody else to explain it to you. But connect the Our How page so we can see it and all rejoice with you. Here's what you're going to do. You're going to get on the computer and you're going to say, free to love. And I'm going to give you a few examples this week. Free to love my wife by taking her out. Just serving her. Free to love my friend from church 
by helping her move. Free to love the singles in this community by making them a home-cooked meal. Because you know singles don't eat home-cooked meals, right? And making a home-cooked meal, inviting them to your house, and just spending a day, uh, spending an evening with them. Free to love the marriages in this community by writing a letter of encouragement to all the marriages that I know in this community. Do you see what we're doing here? We're free to love one another. And I want you to start practicing now so that when you have to, listen to me, when you have to, when, when I get some, or when someone in our circle gets in a disease that is incurable, we're all around that and we're free to be inconvenienced and free to go out of our way and free to work hard to serve in love that person because we're free to what? To love. And it's not love the way you think. And it's not to do what you want. And it's not to go where... Free to love. Serve humbly. Or humbly serve. Or how about this? I'm free to love by checking in on my parents and making sure that they have everything that they need. Or, flip it another way. Free to love by obeying my parents when I completely disagree with them. Maybe you're younger. That might be yours. Free to love my husband even when I'm hurt. Free. Now, some of you are going to use this to hurt one another even further, so I'm telling you, you're not free to do that. All right? So if you can't put it down... Um, if you have a question about it going down, like, you know, free to not talk back to him, even though he, I'm going to smack him if he talks to me like that again, don't do that. Don't do that. You're free to love. And that's what you're free for. Now, listen to me. Listen to me. There was, there was one who had all the power and all the freedom in the world. And he used this freedom. Listen to me. He used this freedom to come from heaven to earth to live the life that you should have lived but you did not and, lo- and die the death that you deserve to die but don't have to. There was one who used his freedom to serve humbly in love and today we are all free because Jesus has set us free indeed. I want you to use your freedom. Could you imagine what kind of church we would be? Could you imagine what kind of if, if your best friends were found here, if, you're, if you're, you can't wait to connect, listen, there's not enough room in the world. You are free to love. You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge in the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love, for the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. If you bite and devour each other, watch out, or you will be destroyed. There was a church who, um, and this has just recently happened. I don't know where they are. Um, but uh, they, they love each other, and they serve one another. And then one of their members found that an atheist was going to lose his home. The same atheist who petitioned the courts to have like a Christmas tree off the lawn, this is an aggressive atheist. This is what he looks like. 
That's, that's, that's him. The church got together, um, called him up, and said, um, we hear that you're going through, he's, he's sick, he has like some sort of uh, disease or cancer or something like that. And the church called him up and said, you know what, we just, we just want to serve you humbly in love. And the church got together because they were so used to loving each other. They got into the habit of this. This is the outflow of this. And so they called him up. And they said, hey, you know, can we send you some money? He goes, yeah, sure. Go ahead. I don't care. Uh, I don't even believe in God. And don't, don't pray for me. Don't, don't want any of your help. The first check they sent them was $400. Then they started to send them check after check after check. They started to cook them meals. They started to go over his house and help clean up because he was, his, him and his wife were going away and they had cats and they would take care of the cats. Listen to me. He's not in Christ. He hasn't turned to Jesus. But he stopped his lawsuit. I thought that was interesting. Listen to me. Because when the world sees... You know what he said in an article? He said, I can't even believe... if." I can't, I've never experienced a church like. Our how? You're free. Free to love. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for this opportunity to remind us that we're free to love. And so, Lord, I ask that in Jesus' name there would be a sense of brokenness and humility, a sense of pursuing you and loving you, that you would be delighted in our use of freedom. Father, I pray for the people who are here, who have never, Lord, who have been hurt because they've never been in a church like the one I just explained. I pray that you heal their wounds and that they would turn back to you. I pray for those who are here and are too consumed with their own junk and funk and stuff. I pray, Lord, that you would make us all, make us all free. Well, you've already made us free to love, but make us all desire what you've already made us free for. Help us to love you and adore you, worship you and honor you. For we do pray in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. Listen, we're going to sing together. Here's what we're going to do. Next week, by the way, next week, I'm going to tell you how the Holy Spirit gives you power to flee from your sin and run. If you want to catch up, you can go to Galatians chapter 5, verses 16 through 26. It's just the rest of the verses, but you don't have three hours, so I couldn't do the whole two things today. So what we're going to do is, listen, we're going to stand and sing. I'm going to stay up here and sing with you. Nobody's going to move around. Nobody's going to run out and all that stuff. We're going to stand and sing, and here's what we're going to do. Then I'm going to pray for you and dismiss you, okay? So let's stand and sing.